Welcome to New Jersey Tech Meetup, the podcast. Each show, we bring you insights from amazing guest speakers from the meetup. Tune in to hear from entrepreneurs and innovators like Gary Vanerchuk, James Altucher, Brad Feld, and your host, Aaron Price. We hope you enjoy today's show. Basically, yeah, I've been an entrepreneur most of my life. I started my first company when I was 12 in website design, which is a very, very different thing 18 years ago than it is now. Uh, I have no idea how to make websites now. Uh, I started two other companies before college and then went to the University of Pennsylvania to the Wharton School undergrad and majored in real estate and entrepreneurship and I helped create the entrepreneurship major while I was there and minored in art history and psychology and graduated and went into construction. So, um, and when I say I went into construction, I mean I literally went into construction. I learned every construction trade there was. I am pretty good at laying brick and I really enjoy that. Um, so. <laughs> Somehow that led to this. I uh, basically am a real estate developer. Eight, nine, well, 2006. Um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and uh, it took almost killing me twice to get me to do something about it, um, which, as Aaron said, was basically this sort of long journey of self-tracking and self-experimentation. And I was uh, basically cleared of this uh, illness. Uh, also, because this is a tech community, I want to specify that it's a TEDx talk, because I've been correct on that before. <laughs> uh, but it was still a very, very cool experience. So basically, uh, once I had figured out all the physical and uh, nutritional and other aspects of my illness, there was still this very large component of stress, probably 20% at least was stress. And I realized that stress was not only a part of my illness, but other people's illnesses as well and life in general. So I kind of set out on this quest to create a systematic way of dealing with stress. And the best way that I could think of to do that in a general way and a systematic way was to help people free up their time. So normally this is a much, much, much longer seminar that I do, but everything that I'm going to talk about in this sort of condensed talk is about freeing up your time. That's all I care about is saving people time. Uh, with the goal of being able to allow you to reclaim your own mind to do the things with it that you want to do. So, that's the main thing. Uh, basically, the way that I approach any problem, any tech problem, physical problem, whatever kind of challenge I might come across is a three-part process of optimize, automate, and outsource. And it's very important in that order. Um, I talk a lot about using virtual assistants and automations of things like that, but the truth is, is that if you outsource an inefficient task, it doesn't make it more efficient, and eventually that pipe will back up. So the very first thing you have to do is optimize. Basically, that means looking at a task or problem and really identifying what it's made up of and what it takes to get that thing done, and trying to break it down to its most basic steps, its most bite-sized chunks. Once you do that, then we look at automating, and that kind of may, might involve um, uh, services or apps or people in some cases and then if there's anything left over at that point which a lot of times there aren't then we look at outsourcing to generalists or specialists so there are nine fundamentals to the system the art of less doing and I'm going to cover two of them right now but what I want to say is that I, I teach this course I teach a course in uh, New York through Skillshare but I also have an online course on Udemy and uh, I created a very big discount code for everyone, which I'll share. I don't know if you want to email it out or not. Okay. 
if you guys are interested after this. So uh, the first fundamental is the 80-20 rule, which is by no means my creation. It's 107 years old, and anybody who's ever read a Tim Ferriss book knows what it is. I apply it very differently. But basically, the 80-20 rule says that, uh, for example, 80% uh, of your income might come from 20% of your clients. 80% uh, of your complaints might come from 20% of your clients also. But it's basically kind of this resource allocation model. What I use it for is a constant reminder of my, to myself to track things. There's so much happening in your life every day in our lives and professionally and personally. There's so many responsibilities, there's so many emails, there's so many things happening all the time. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed. The number one word I hear from people all the time is how overwhelmed they are. So fortunately, there are very, very easy ways to track most of the things that we do. And uh, you've probably heard of a lot of them. There's, you know, there's ways to track how many calories you've eaten in a day and how many miles you've walked and how, many, how much time you spent on email or how much time you spent on your computer. There's applications like Rescue Time that sit on your computer and will give you kind of a breakdown of how much time you're spending on Facebook and Excel and, and whatnot. Uh, these tools, fortunately nowadays, are so ubiquitous and so easy to use in, in most cases that you can create or you collect this data without doing too much and making much of an effort. And I am not a data scientist, but I was able to use data to help myself in all sorts of ways. And my general theory is that if you collect enough data in kind of an easy way, something will pop. Even if you have some sort of cognitive bias, like you will see something eventually and hopefully you can do something about it. But the point is that this information, these things that are happening, they're ours, they're, they're yours. They, they invade your life in some cases and they happen to you, so you might as well have some ownership over it and do what you can with it. Uh, but one in particular that I really find extremely helpful is something called idumbness.com. And it's the letter I, dumbness.com. It's a very simple service, but basically what it does is every day at six o'clock, sends you an email, says, what did you get done today? And you reply with what you've got done. Uh, it's essentially a journaling application, but it goes beyond that. So that in itself is good. At that 6 o'clock, kind of take a few seconds, or even if you don't do it at 6, but it's an email, so you respond. Take 30 seconds and think about what you did today. So really quick, without thinking about it, raise your hand if you can tell me what you had for breakfast this morning, if you know. Okay. That's pretty good. Do the same thing if you can tell me how many emails you sent yesterday. One. Okay. Zero. Okay. <laughs> I like when I get one. So, not everybody raised their hand about breakfast, by the way. So, obviously, a lot happened today because you don't remember that unless you just didn't have breakfast. Uh, yes. Okay. Good. So, well, not good, but uh, so taking those like thirty seconds at the end of the day. And just stopping for a second and thinking, what did I actually get done? And I can't tell you how many times I actually have to look at my calendar to find out what I did in the past you know, 12 hours or whatever it is. At 6 o'clock, it's usually the last 14 hours. Um, I have a 13-month-old, so that's why. But uh, it's a very important psychological dump that takes place. It's that old adage, you know, that we don't know where we've been, we don't know where we're going kind of thing, and it's really easy to kind of lose track at the end of the day of what you actually got done. Plus the fact that humans just kind of generally focus on the negative. Um, we tend to think that, you know, if one bad thing happens like, during the day, that was the day, and we'll lose sight of the good things that might have happened. Which is where the second really interesting part of I've done this comes in play. 
after you use it for a few days or whatever it might be, it starts to change the email. And the email starts to come in and says, what did you get done today? And by the way, this is what you got done yesterday. Oh, and this is what you got done three weeks ago. The day was this. Now, I've been using this for over almost two years now. So I get a really interesting random assortment of what I've gotten done six months ago, or a year ago, or two days ago. And it's not random. They have a very interesting algorithm in play that kind of brings things back to you at interesting times. And I can't tell you how many instances I've had where I've been reminded, in a bad moment, I've been reminded of something good that happened, you know, whether it was a week ago or two weeks ago. It's really good to kind of see those things. It makes it so that you can progress in some really interesting ways. So there's all these ways to track things. That's kind of the point there. Once you start to track and you bring that awareness back to how you're spending your time and how you're allocating your resources, whether it's just your physical energy or the time you spend or money, um, you know, there's mint.com, there's all sorts of ways to track the money that you spend, um, which is an easy thing to lose track of. You change your mindset a little bit and it enables you to do a couple things. One of which is to start to determine on a better, in a better way the difference between the essential and the optional, which is a really key thing for me. So the essential is obvious. It's things that you have to do, you have to read, you have to see, you have to talk to this person. It's the essential. The optional is not garbage. The optional is the stuff that you don't have to do, but you would like to do if you have the time. So email is a really good example. There's all sorts of things, but email is a really good example. I have basically two folders in my email, which is something I talk about in a later segment. But uh, essentially, I have my inbox, and I have the archive, and then I have an optional folder. So there's all sorts of ways to filter emails automatically, but basically all sorts of stuff goes to the optional folder. And while I'm standing here talking to you, which is going to take about a half an hour, I may get you know 20 or 30 emails in. But odds are one of them, or maybe two of them, will actually get to my inbox, because it's something that's important. Everything else will go to the optional. And if I have time at the end of the night, I can look at the optional stuff, like the social media notifications, or the deal notifications, or the fab.com update, you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> the things that I would like to if I have time. But what's really important about it is that when I get into the optional folder, it's a very different mindset. And I can scan headlines very quickly, and I know that there's nothing in there that I'm really not going to miss. So it's also nice that if I go away on vacation for a week and I don't check my email very much and that optional folder fills up with a thousand things, I'm very comfortable coming back and marking everything red in that folder and knowing again that I haven't missed anything essential. And again, there's all sorts of filters you can set up, but the number one filter, and you know whether you use Gmail or Yahoo or Exchange or all sorts of, most programs, unless you're on AOL, and I'm sorry if you are. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one in every class. I have one person who's on AOL. Um, there's always, a, there's, most of those mail programs have a way of filtering. And the number one filter that everybody should have on their email, take note of this, is that if an email has the word unsubscribe in it, it should be considered optional. It should be routed to an optional folder. And I don't care if it's a forward from your best friend or your boss, because again, this is not junk. But if it has the word unsubscribe in it, it should be considered optional. So, again, it's not, you know, I know there's people who work in social media and a lot of the things that they see on a daily basis have unsubscribed in them. But the point is you can go to that optional folder and you're in a slightly different mindset to go through them. 
but that applies to real life too. You know, all sorts of people offering opportunities, things they want you to invest in or spend your time in or just be aware of. And being able to determine the essential versus the optional is hugely important. And we can only do that once we start to bring some sort of awareness to how we are spending our energies. But the second thing that the tracking allows us to do that's even more important in some ways is something that I call creating the manual of the year. So if you think of an IKEA manual, which some people may get shudders at, but <laughs> if you just objectively look at them, they are amazingly simple. They're made for a global market that speaks over 30 languages, and they have no words, and they help you build furniture. So that in itself is kind of fascinating. Basically, you need to do the same thing for everything that goes on in your life. So we all have processes that we go through on a daily basis, or daily, weekly, monthly, it doesn't matter. We have recurring processes, whether it's writing an invoice, or paying a bill, or calling a vent, whatever it might be. Everyone has recurring processes. It could be a personal thing too, you know, you dropping the kids off at school, whatever it is. These are things that we do on a daily basis, or I'm sorry, a regular basis, and we take them for granted most of the time because we do them and we just, they happen. Most people never take the time to stop and think about the steps that are required to do those processes. So a good example would be, you know, like pay bill, okay? So I could say to somebody, pay this bill. But what does that mean? You know, it, are they going to be able to do that automatically and just go figure out what I mean? If you actually stop and think about it, on a very, very granular level, what the steps are that are required to do the things that you go through, in my case, that would be you know, go to the Bank of America website, go log in with this username and password, go to the bill pay website. If this payer, payee is not already there, then add them using this process. You know, it, it becomes a 27-step process. And when I look at that 27-step process, and I've done, I mean, this is a real example. The first time I did that, I looked at it and I was like, okay, well, I guess it doesn't make sense how you get from step 14 to 15. And uh, step 19 and 20 are kind of redundant, so I'll you know, fix this and trim that. And I got it to a 24-step process. And then I realized that there were a couple ways that I could automate some of those steps uh, with some web services or uh, different, different processes or filters. There were just ways to optimize it. So I got it down to an 18-step process, and that was really exciting. And then I sent that to a virtual assistant. And the virtual assistant wrote back and said, well, you know, sorry, sir, but I don't understand that you got from step 11 to 12. And again, it's like, I just take that for granted because I do that on a regular basis. And through that process, I got pay bill, which started as 27 steps, down to a 12-step process now that is so perfect and so clear cut that I could give it to any one of you in the audience and you would be able to do it. Without any questions, it's error-proof and foolproof. And what that does is it makes me more efficient because I've now really identified how that process can be smoother, but more importantly, it's allowed me to automate it and, in this case, completely outsource it so that I don't have to have any involvement in it at all. And because I've created that manual of how to do these things, I can give that to anybody. I can give it to somebody who's sitting next to me. I can give it to a virtual assistant halfway across the globe who doesn't know anything about what I do or how I work. They just have to follow the steps. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you subscribe now so you don't miss out on the next one. From the team at the New Jersey Tech Meetup, we hope you have a great day and we'll see you in person at our events soon.